0: Hello and welcome back to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast, where the discussion is always on dancing titties, samurai swords, dancing shotguns, dancing titties, uh, giant sledgehammers that you um, use to try and beat the shit out of your enemy with.
1: The stunt double from Flashdance really doing some sweet pixie headed. Sexy Dude, she's sexy. She was very sexy. She's very sexy. Sweet, sweet moves. Sweet moves. She was a like, uh, spin in place.
0: Mm, yeah, just lifting up them shirts, showing them tutors. Yes. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Snyder. I'm here as always Hi, with Ryan. my co-host.
1: I'm Gabriel Mara. Hi, everybody. Hi, Gabe. Uh, Ryan, so, I made a funny discovery this past week. Actually, it wasn't my discovery. Someone pointed something out to me. I was hosting trivia of our friend Steve Bost, on um, friend of the show, and... Abruptly, during the show, the professor sends me a text message. And it sounds really familiar, but I'm not sure what it is. And then she's like, I'm listening to your podcast! And all of a sudden, I had, like, all the sweat in my head being like, oh no, I never expected her to listen. Did I say anything really fucked up? And she listens to the, uh, the Dirty Dancing episode. Mm-hmm. So she goes on to ask me, naturally. So, uh, these 17-year-olds you could have fucked. Ooh. I'm like, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, no, I was seventeen too. That was a thing. And she'll and also she's like, so you should also apparently stop keeping your porn open on your phone. So <laughs> she points like she like like everything that I could have possibly said that I wouldn't want her to hear were in were in that episode. So apparently we have a new listener. It is the professor. Hi, Professor. Hi, Professor. <laughs>
2: uh.
1: Which made me remember that we we immediately launched into this episode talking about the sexy dancer and her spinning and her big high butt.
0: Yep, we did do that. Mm-hmm. See, I'm smart. I don't let Michelle. Well, Michelle Monaghan has no reason to listen to it.
1: Yeah, see, I didn't think the professor would. Why would you want to listen to us talk about like goofy ass movies?
0: Well, I don't think the professor has been around that, like, this kind of conversation enough. Like, That's from day true. one dating Michelle Monaghan, it's always been like, God damn it, do I have to listen to you fucking espouse your views on Ghostbusters <laughs> again? Yep. So, having another movie friend around that, like, talks about it, it's just like, I'm not listening to your
1: fucking. It's podcast. just white noise for her at this point. Yep. No, like, God, uh, professor, um, we, we talk about, mm-hmm. like, nice literature and. Austin and such more often than not. And then I have this entire other aspect of my taste where I like grody, violent, sexy movies. Yeah. And like Decapitations and Jennifer Grey in A Tiny Tank Top.
2: Ah, oh, Jennifer Grey. Oh, what a great movie. Dirty
1: Why did dancing. you change your nose? Why did you change... You know, she, she's admitted herself that she ruined her career by by the nose job. Crazy. Ryan, how I... often are you watching a movie and you're like, this is a good movie. I wish I was watching Dirty Dancing. Fairly often. Fairly often. Fairly
0: often. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I took um, some of the, the soundtrack and used it uh, recently, mm-hmm. where I was at a uh, local favorite dive bar, Ripper's, and like, I like to, I have this new game I'm playing at Ripper's where I play a song on my phone, mm-hmm. and I try and see how the crowd reacts to it, because <laughs> like, I used to be a DJ in college, so like, weird, I, I know that, yeah, I, so I like, not like a,
1: oh, a radio DJ, like a radio yeah, yeah, DJ, yeah, yeah. I didn't so know like,
0: I have a, a weird way of like, trying to read a room and play songs to like, match moods, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty good at it, like, I think, anyway. Yeah,
1: you, you read the energy of a room. You're yeah. a guy attuned to a room. You're a bartender, after all. Yes.
0: So I, uh, the place was like kind of packed, like a little bumpy, jumpy, and like younger. So I played mm-hmm. uh, The Contours, uh, Do You Love Me? And mm. I just watched it reverberate through the room. <laughs> and I was like, this is my new jukebox song. Yes. It's so a good I, one. Yeah. It's a good one from that soundtrack. And
1: uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of that in any packed bar, especially if they're people of our age group in general, like, like mid-late 20s, putting on Kiss from a Rose, always a slayer. People, especially if they're drunk, people will just sing along that thing anytime.
2: Yeah. It's, I, it's,
1: oh, that and Pony by Ginny Lime. Really? Mm-hmm.
0: I was having this discussion with um, somebody the other day about, like, appropriate, like, bar songs, and especially at that bar. Yes. And, like, how, like, there's songs that, like, get put on, it's kind of white noise, and then you have other ones that are, like, rotators. Like, oh, this is a great song. Like, I'm mm-hmm. glad we're, like, smoking cigarettes, drinking beer, and listening to this awesome song. You know, you stop conversation for a minute for, like, a quick, like, come and get Joe <laughs> And uh, how, like distasteful it is like when like somebody who obviously isn't like regular or semi-regular there yeah. jumps on the jukebox and you get like a five-finger death punch or some shit yeah. and you you're get, just like, like a wow, random this is... metal
1: jam or a random like hip-hop like pop song
0: yeah like uh what do we call it slut rap yes yeah if there's slut rap playing or nothing wrong like, with
1: being slut but the kind of hip-hop music that white girls drink champagne to uh That's slut rap.
0: Yeah, slut rap. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing wrong with it. Just not our our speed. Not my speed.
1: I love sluts. Yeah. It's fine. I also love rap music, sometimes.
0: You realize you just said, I love sluts, and the professor's listening, right?
1: Yep. Gabriel
0: (laughs) Gabriel does not love sluts.
1: Perpetual foot and mouth. Yep. Hey, you know, I, I think that it is honestly the much more, dare I say, feminist point of view that, maybe not the phrasing. But a woman has a right to be as sexually voracious as she wants to be, and I find it to be an admirable quality.
0: Yes, it's a it's a double standard. Exactly, you and know, I find
1: I hate the double standard. Yeah, and I know the professor hates the word slut, so, so she's I probably say it
0: four more times.
1: <laughs> yes, I think that we all should have sex as much as we want, if no judgment.
0: Yeah, apparently only uh, it's us and dolphins who are the ones that have sex with, for pleasure.
1: No, not even monkeys?
0: I don't- maybe monkeys. I don't know I if mean, that... they masturbate. Yeah, they so do. So, I would assume so. Well, I know dolphins were in that and I was surprised. I was mm-hmm. like, dolphins, really? Dolphins oh.
2: are horrible. Yeah. Yeah,
1: they are. They're they rapers. Are fu- they're rapers and they're, they're- they're just creeps. They're just disgusting fucking creatures. But just like humans.
0: Kill them all. Yeah. Eat them yeah. with tuna.
1: Flipper was probably a rapist.
0: That's a- that's a hard stance. I know. And I'm glad you're taking it.
1: Yes. Welcome to Sex and Violence, where I say the hard things that no one's saying.
0: Yeah, the frogs are gay and flippers are rapists. Exactly,
1: or they're falling from the sky and Magnolia's pointless.
0: Uh, I love that Frogs are Gay video, I thought it was really funny. I,
1: don't, I actually don't know what that is.
0: Uh, the uh, weird conspiracy guy, Alex Jones. Oh. like, turn in the frogs gay! And it's really... Funny.
1: Aren't frogs also frequently one of the, like, those species that can be hermaphroditic and also they change their genders?
0: I believe so. And some species of frogs can like hibernate for years on end in the desert.
1: Yeah. Frogs, also, like, frogs are great. Frogs are cool. I went to the sex museum in New York and there was an entire exhibit of quote unquote sexual deviancy in animals. When you know like animals all over the animal kingdom, they have gay sex, they do ass to mouth, they do oral, they do all sorts of kinky sex stuff.
0: Cool. I'd love to yeah. see a porcupine blowing another porcupine.
1: Uh, actually, I ha- might have a picture of that. Really? No, I think I genuinely have. I might have it. I took a picture. I think it is a picture. If it's not a porcupine, I think it's a hedgehog giving oral to another hedgehog. Ryan, solve for time.
0: Uh, what? The, what's the word for that that starts with an E? For that e. their their genus. Uh Oof. Or genus. If that's
1: Esplanade.
0: The, no, it's it's like. Uh, spiny. I'm going to look. No, it's not spiny.
1: <laughs> Um, exegesis
0: No, it's EU something maybe.
1: Oh man, Europa. No, that's, Euphoria. That's Ridentia. There's order. a picture I have here on my phone that I found of a dog wearing. I, I googled ass hat, and it's this charming picture of a dog with a, another dog's butt for a hat. That's pretty great. But they're they're all alive, man. no, it, and it's an adorable picture. Yeah. I'll put it on the Instagram guys. Cool.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a lovely, charming picture.
1: I think so. You know, Ryan, I'm. I'm gonna, it, It's. It's might be down below. see. When did I go to the sex museum? Was it before or after the old boy episode?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. Hmm. Let's you see? see I'm, no, we're both on that... different wavelengths over here.
1: <laughs> I don't think I have it. I think I definitely took that picture. I don't know where it is now.
0: What is um, in Sonic? What's Knuckles? Um, Anachidna. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. The chidnut. Did I go into somewhere? I think I was wearing a coat. Damn it. I can't find this drawing, this diagram of hedgehogs giving each other oral sex. Yeah, I think it's gone. It might be somewhere in my computer. Oh, wow. I do have this picture of a selfie of a cat and a dog. Aww. I really like that picture. Adorbs. Smile and notice. Anyway!
0: Anyway, we are done with the uh, sex and violence preamble. Animal kingdom discussion, I Mm -hmm. suppose. Um, We did a movie we did a movie. What movie did we do
1: Ryan? We finally, finally finally did 1984's Walter Hill cult classic streets of fire
0: streets of fire
1: cue the trailer.
2: I'll be coming for her And I'll be coming for you too sure you will and I'll be waiting You are about to enter a world unlike any you've ever seen before where rock and roll is king the only law is a loaded gun where the beautiful stay and see the show it's really good the brutal i want tom cody and the brave all meet from now on it's for real in streets of fire you're lying in your bed and on a saturday night you're and it's not even hot. but your brain has got the message and it's Universal Pictures presents Michael Pare, Diane Lane, Rick Moranis, and Amy Madigan in a Walter Hill film, *Streets of Fire*. Sweet.
1: Great trailer! Great yeah, trailer! It's great stuff! Is it a great trailer? I don't remember. Yeah, it's a great. Trailer. Okay, it's a great.
0: Trailer. Yeah, I, um, I'm just gonna come out and say I love this movie. It's mm. we were Ryan we, hot out the gates. Yeah, okay. hot out the gates. Love it. It's a cult classic from the '80s. It's got. Everything Everything that we generally look for in this kind of thing. Uh So I'll give you a quick breakdown, and then we'll discuss some of our things that we were talking about. Okay. Uh, So, the movie opens with Ellen Aim and the Attackers, Diane Lane, leading this excellent, nice little 80s outfit. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, the fabulous Stains, Diane Lane.
0: Yes, but this is... Diane Lane as a better... Yes. Member of a band, mm-hmm. singing my favorite song from the soundtrack. Well, not maybe not my favorite, but one of my favorites, uh, "Nowhere Fast." Ah. Really good. And as we were talking about, like before, like all the musical numbers are generally like allowed to breathe yes. a little bit more. They don't cut them off. It's an, you know, it's a rock and roll fable. Yeah, so
1: almost to his detriment by the end.
0: Yeah, by the end, it, it's a little too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so Elena Aim is on stage with the band. She gets kidnapped by a motorcycle gang known as the Bombers. Yes. Uh, led they, by who? Led by Willem Dafoe.
1: Willem Dafoe. Boondock Saints is Willem Dafoe. Yes. Again, a movie that I have nothing but contempt for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Uh, cue a little scene where someone's typing a, uh, a little telegram. telegram. I need you, Tom. Come home.
1: And Sorry, Reva.
0: Our, our, our hero comes back home. Tom Cody.
1: Tom Cody.
0: Tom motherfucking Cody comes back home to his sister's diner, proceeds to take off his shirt yeah, or his jacket, his jacket, where he has suspenders and a sleeveless shirt and then proceeds to kick the ever-loving shit out of another like gang that Wannabe is not the gang. bombers. But they're basically like, the orphans. Yeah, they're the orphans. Mm-hmm. And then steals their car.
1: Yeah, look, <laughs> let, let us draw a picture for you guys. Tom Cody. Imagine a slightly plainer James Ramar... Handsomer, I would say. He has more chiseled features. But he has a nice little, like, like mm. Backstreet Boy haircut.
0: No, I'm going to say James Remar's a sexier cut of a 1980s man.
1: I think, yeah, I think you're probably right. I think that Michael Perret has... he There's something to him. He's a cutie pie. But he walks into this room. He's wearing, like, a classic workman shirt and a workman pant. Like, the waist is... Like, the waist of the pant is about ab high. It's, yep. it's pretty high with really old-school suspenders with a nice coat. He looks like he could be working in a factory in, like, 1930. It's fine. Yep. He removes his coat in an act of intimidation towards these goons, revealing... Like it looks like someone, the 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 wardrobe department lazily with scissors cut off the sleeves, revealing his slightly too scrawny arms. Mm -hmm. And it's a moment where you point and laugh at the movie. Yeah, in a a handsome way. Yeah,
0: it's it's not like oh look at this piece of shit. It's just like that's an interesting, funny choice. Yeah, like
1: what at so yes, someone like an entire department of people were like that's the outfit.
0: Yeah, that's the look. That's the look. Do you think this is a first pass? Like, yeah, it's good enough.
1: You know, I don't think so. I think most of this movie is so deliberately made that everyone, I think maybe a bunch of like 40-year-olds were like, this is what the kids do, right? Is this is what's cool? Yeah. uh uh-huh.
0: It's a bunch of people remembering like what rock and roll in the 50s was like and then yes. trying to put it through the prism of 1980s MTV. But,
1: and you're not an 80s kid? Yeah. They were yeah. grown-ass men?
0: Yeah. It's like guys in their 40s and 50s and the 80s mm-hmm. making like what they think is like a cool, edgy movie. Yeah. And it's... It's It's not not. Yeah, it's 80s in like the best way possible. Mm I don't know. Um, Yeah, let me continue. I'd you. go on. Uh, So um, Tom Cody ends up going to a bar to just hang out, see his buddy who's a bartender, and then meets our friend, Mm -hmm. his friend, and our friend, McCoy.
1: Played by the inimitable Amy Madigan.
0: Now, the interesting part about, like, her role is that it was originally written for a man.
1: You could see easily, like, like a fat dude-like actor of, like, too much scruff being this character of McCoy. Instead, it's lovely Amy Madigan with, like, her frizzy red hair and her tough, her very, very great tough lady voice.
0: Yeah, like, it could have, like, and I mentioned this when I said other movies I like her in, mm-hmm. like, you could have easily had, like, John Candy play that role. Yeah,
1: he would have handily been McCoy.
0: Yeah. But instead you get Amy Madigan, this like tough as nails, like soldier of fortune, like mm-hmm. female version of Tom Cody. And yeah. she's probably the best part about this movie. I
1: think T to B, she is the best part of this movie.
0: Yeah, she is hundred percent like my favorite character to watch. Because she's mm-hmm. got really snappy lines and she's fun, she's she tough. Sells like them. yeah, it's really like we were talking about, like how um the movie is pretty like gender neutral, is that the right yeah, term that's of the term. it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that like it doesn't give like special uh treatment to male or female characters mm-hmm. it is exactly what you want in the world equality
1: at least in the aspect of tom and mccoy that if you, if you want to make an argument about how diane lane's character is too much of a damsel yeah and like uh rick moranis we haven't even gotten to yet is kind of just a ridiculous kind of like like wannabe male thing i don't yeah. know but at least amy madigan on our two heroes you have perfect equality of the genders and it's rad yep
0: All right, I'm going to get through the synopsis as much as possible because there's a lot Mm. I want to hit on. Um, There's a lot happening. Yep. Uh, Tom Cody gets hired by Rick Moranis' character, uh, Billy Fish, to go save uh, Diane Lane. and
1: fucking kidnap by Willem Dafoe. Yep,
0: so for $10,000 he takes off and does that. He gets uh, McCoy, cuts her in 10%. Mm -hmm. They go in, storm the place... Get her.
1: Torchies and the battery. Yep.
0: They get out and then they end up in another place on the way home where they pick up the sorels. Yes. Uh, use their bus to get home. Uh, a lot of shenanigans getting home mm-hmm. and then they get EG home. EG Daily. Yeah, EG Daily, they pick up. I love her. Baby doll. <laughs> oh, what a doll. Mm-hmm. Um, they get back home and then find out that. Homeboy wants to fight. Willem Dafoe wants to fight. Yes,
2: yeah, so wants to rumble.
0: Yeah, he wants to rumble, sol- solve it all down. He wants to nail that bastard Tom Cody under this marquee that says Ellen
1: Yeah, let us also point out that Willem Dafoe spends this entire movie like doing some sweet, sweet mugging for the camera with a perfect like vampire pallor, a ridiculous pompadour, and he wears what looks like what has to be a German like SNM outfit. Like, it's like, it's kind of like Tom Cody's outfit where it goes up to just underneath his nipples with a weird kind of suspender quality to it, and it's all like latex leather.
0: It's like Nazi fishing waiters. Yeah,
1: he looks like a Nazi vampire, like, cabaret act.
0: Yeah, he's kind of creepy. Mm hmm. Um, But great. They want to rumble and uh, Officer uh, Kropke. Crop. That's not his name. Oh, I was going to say officer. Officer useless tells Tom Cody he's got to get out of town. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, everyone hating on Tom Cody at this moment. Like, yeah, oh, you're an asshole. Why would you take money to like save this girl who Tom you wants kind love? Of a dick. Yeah, we find out that Ellen Aim and Tom Cody had a relationship at some point. Yes, that ended not on the best terms, but we it was th- a romance that was hot and heavy.
1: You were thinking about the math and the math. Does it's
0: it sound good? Cr- yeah, it sounds a little creepy.
1: Yeah, she was probably um, 14 and he was like 17.
0: Eh, I think he might have been a little old. I think it was like a 14, 18 thing. Mm, yeah. I-, I don't like it. It's it, it,
1: it was the 80s?
0: It was the 80s? I mean...
1: It's a rock and roll fable? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> that's our excuse for everything. Yeah,
0: I guess we'll go with that. Um, so, i uh, told to get out of town and he's pretty much making amends with people gives mccoy her cut and then says you know they kind of make up after their little tipped yeah um yeah hey, i'm gonna need you for something tonight okay mm-hmm. cool we get on the, uh oh wait i'm overstepping before this uh-huh um tom cody goes to see ellen aim and gives back the nine thousand dollars and only takes the ten percent for yeah. mccoy proving that he still has feelings for her uh he goes and leaves, she follows him outside, make out in the rain, yeah. fucking in the bed. Three
1: minute fuck ish Yeah,
0: and then the McCoy thing. Yes. And then uh, they're on a train, and Tom Cody punches Ellen Aim to knock her out for her own safety. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure that's very difficult to do, to punch someone and knock them out of one hit.
0: Supposedly, I was told this once, that if you follow from like the corner of the mouth down mm-hmm. to the like edge of the chin, okay. that if you hit someone with enough force there, that's like an instant KO because of a nerve ending or something. Oh, that's cool. I don't know how true this is.
1: Yeah, this I have is... no idea. Also, I hear that if you've ever knocked out for longer than maybe like 30 seconds, you are almost certainly concussed and in big trouble. mm mm-hmm. like you... No
0: sleeping or no alcohol for the next like day.
1: Yeah, you're, you might be dead. Yeah. You, you don't just knock someone out and it's like waka waka. If you're out cold for that long, you are in danger of dying.
0: You gotta be careful with the concussions. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm hmm. Lethal weapons, man.
0: Yeah, they'll get you. Yeah. So, yeah, the fight goes down after Rick Moranis gets punched out trying to be a hero. Yeah, and Bill Paxton's like, Get out like, of our town.
1: I'm gonna watch this go down. And yep. then he gets all, then he runs off with his yeah. pompadour and his sweater vest. Like a
0: bitch. Uh, awesome a, sledgehammer fight.
1: Ridiculous sledgehammer it's fight. It's kind of,
0: yeah, it is over the top and ridiculous. That is not the weapon you wanna be choosing to, like, no. kick the shit out of each other with.
1: Like, <laughs> if, 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 Ryan, you and I had a duel and you had a sledgehammer and I had just a stick with no sledgehammer in the end, I'm probably going to beat you because I think I can swing that pole faster and hit you in the ribs before you even bring that hammer down to hit me.
0: Yeah, you can get, like, quicker hits. Exactly. Like if you had a baseball bat.
1: Yeah, just done.
0: Yeah, or a walking stick, yeah. nice and thin, do those, like, exactly. lightsaber moves. I don't think the bombers... Bow staff, that's what There
1: I'm you go. For. I don't think the bombers are very practical.
0: No. The only they're... thing
1: they do right, apparently, is make enough money to run a good bar and hire a really good dancer.
0: Yeah and i guess they're really good at planning out kidnappings. Yeah, i guess so. Cuz nobody the, expected them.
1: Military operation.
0: Yeah, straight to it just like the nazis. Mhm. Uh William Defoe ends up getting the shit kicked out of him after they drop the sledgehammers and it goes to fistfight mode. Yeah. And yeah, they get run out of the bombers get run out of town. And then mm-hmm. Tom is just going to see the Ellen show and uh leaves.
1: Yeah, he skips out of town. Skips he has of one town. of those like man to man talks with uh with Rick Moranis?
0: Yeah, sorry I fucked your girlfriend, but you can have her back.
1: And Rick Moranis is like, hey, you know what? She loves you, not me. And then Tom Cody's like, hey, she needs you. Because you have money. Because you have money, and I'm a poor soldier.
0: Yep. So he uh, rides off into the sunset with McCoy, on to the next adventure.
1: Kick-ass times.
0: Yeah, good stuff. So, Mm -hmm. we were discussing how the the two female leads... Yes. ...were the best part of this.
1: Oh, totally. Our, our, our phrasing was that this movie is bizarrely miscast in nearly every role with the exception of the women.
0: Mm-hmm. That, like... This is a prime example of, like, how casting can, like, affect...
1: Make or break the, a movie. Yeah.
0: It really does. Like, you were saying... Like, we were trying to come up with people who would be better than, uh... You know, Rick Moranis. Rick and...
1: Moranis is basically doing, like, an Ari Gold thing here. He's... Like, I don't know if he's supposed to be funny, but he's not funny. He's just, he's playing straight like a douchey, money-minded, like, like musician manager. That's just what he is. Yeah. You see, His character could have been played for laughs, but it's just Rick Moranis being an asshole, which is kind of weird.
0: Yeah, I, like, Rick Moranis always has this nice, like, kind of warm, jokey, goofy, loser mm-hmm. guy aspect to him. Yeah. And that's, what I think, what I, everyone always found charming about him, so when he's being this, like, asshole character, like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? It's weird. Yeah, a little bit, and like who were we discussing, like you said, like Tom Hanks would have been like yeah. a better.
1: Yeah, he did this just done Bachelor Party, and I think you could see Tom Hanks playing it like a like like spastic, mm-hmm. like like his Turner and Hooch voice, is getting annoyed at everything and acting like a big shot. I think that that would look funnier in contrast. I think that it just didn't work with Rick Moranis. You want to like Rick Moranis, no matter what he does, because yeah, I think he's not the most versatile actor in the world. Bryce versus, I think, Tom Hanks, I think. Kind of like Bachelor Party, Bosom Buddies era Tom Hanks. He might have been a great Billy Fish.
0: Tom Hanks, America's uncle. Exactly. I do love Tom Hanks.
1: He's so great. Yeah. Forrest Gump. man.
0: Forrest Gump. And a whole lot of other things. Yes. So Many I, of the things. Is so that your favorite Tom Hanks role? What? Is Forrest uh, Gump? Forrest Gump.
1: No. Like, honestly, that's a great question. He's literally fantastic in everything he's ever done. Except maybe The Lady Killers, which apparently is terrible. Really? I mean, I've never seen it. It looks um, like he's
0: hamming it up in that. Yeah. I remember the trailers.
1: You know, maybe I think my favorite Tom Hanks might have to be either Turner and Hooch or um Toy Story. Okay. I mean, what's yeah. your maybe like Philadelphia? He's so good. Maybe he's Philadelphia's
0: good. Philadelphia's good. Who was it? Was it you? I was discussing Philadelphia with in the past week or Probably. two. Probably.
1: I can't imagine anyone else in our circle. You're talking about Philadelphia with.
0: Yeah, I just remember. I think it was you, like on one of your last nights at the bar, and mm-hmm. like somebody was saying how they've never seen Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, that was definitely me. Yeah. What a great movie. Yeah, good stuff. Denzel, good time.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a fucked up movie, but I mean, it's it's, or, it's, it's it's a fucked up topic. Yeah, it's like um, like very real like dramas that you can recognize are good movies, but mm-hmm. like it's not like a. Uh, Hey guys, come over. Let's have a couple beers and watch Philadelphia. Like
1: It's so it's not a bore by any means. It's just no. a very, very engrossing movie.
0: Yeah. Like the same, I feel the same way about like um, Dallas Buyers Club or Spotlight yes. where it's like very well-done movies, mm-hmm. very like emotional dramas, but you like You should
1: see Kramer versus Kramer.
2: I've
0: seen pieces of it. I know it's one of my mom's favorite movies. It's for such something. a good It's movie. really weird. It's my mom's like Kramer movie. versus Kramer. It's one of my favorites. I when enjoy do you watch movie. movies?
1: <laughs> she like she she has a life, Ryan.
0: No, she, they still have a she, wrapped up copy of Gone Girl at their that's house. That's amazing. Like still in the plastic collecting dust. Mm-hmm. What the fuck?
1: Come on, Carol. Get it together. Well, she bought it for my dad. It was oh, like come we, on, I I get took them
0: to the movies to see that. Uh-huh. And they both like really really liked it. It's a it. perfect movie. Yeah, it's awesome. And gotcha. I don't understand That's why another
1: they great want to watch movie where if you want to talk about like Perfect, like female casting. Mm-hmm. Actually, that movie casting tea to be amazing. But back to Streets of Fire. Yes. Um, E.G. Daily, great. Diane Lane, great. Yep. Amy Madigan, great. Um, Deborah Mercy from Streets from the uh, Warriors, just fine. Yeah, she's. I have no. I have no complaints about her. Yeah,
0: she has a small role, but I mean, yeah. it's a. It's nothing that's really. It's nice to see her because yeah. you can tell Walter Hill like probably mm. enjoyed working with her enough. Like, hey, I got this small part of this other cool movie. Yeah. Come on, Mercy, do it.
1: But I, I think that, like, like Willem Dafoe, pretty fine. Yeah, I screen wouldn't. That. And, I don't um, think there's
0: any reason to, like, and replace Bill Paxton. Willem Dafoe. I guess
1: the main problem is that Michael Perret and Rick Moranis are wrong for this movie. I think no, no yeah. one will ever be able to argue successfully that Michael Perret is good in this movie. Even Walter Hill was like, yeah, whoops. Yeah. He's just doing. He's not a good enough actor, and he's just doing a bad John Wayne impression the entire movie.
0: Yeah, it is. It is very John Wayney, and I think it's leaning too heavy into like trying Why to be the the, the, yeah. the Western hero mm-hmm. kind of shit. Whereas,
1: what if it had been Swayze? Oh God, dude! Like like oh, eighty four Swayze. That would have been fantastic. That would have been fucking great.
0: If it, oh dude, Swayze in Streets of Fire.
1: Oh my god, that would have made me so fucking happy.
0: Yeah, I'm i null and voiding every other option you had said.
1: I think, so James Ramar, still a like great, great up. Imagine I, I, like I Michael Perret, Mar- who's a great, well, being a great actor.
0: But, James Ramar would have made this movie a, as I said stated earlier, and excuse my language because I'm watching some football lately, but sure. a higher seated short sure, classic, sure, sure. so to speak. I second I it again. And if you had Swayze in this, it would have... I think, risen to the level of all-time greats of the 1980s. Uh-huh. I could see that. You could probably put it next to, like, you know, Goonies. Yes. As, like, your level of, like, 1980s yeah. enjoyment, like, action-adventure What, action like, adventure what about,
1: what about young Berlin?
0: Too, uh... I not,
1: think, yeah. not enough charisma? Too young. Too young? Yeah. Yeah. He's a guy who, like, who got better of age despite any and all sexual misconduct allegations against the man. Okay. But besides that, Swayze. Swayze yeah. and Hanks.
0: Swayze and Hanks and, like, I don't know who would have been a better version for uh, Moranis, like in general.
1: It just, I, I think Hanks would have been your one. I can't think of anyone else who would have been a better choice for this kind of like. Like, I'm
0: I'm pretty happy with Hanks. Just like that was like our first one. We're like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Like we didn't even really think about it even mm-hmm. anymore.
1: Like '84, who would have been good? Who's the kind of like like they clearly wanted someone like nebishy and annoying?
0: You think Swayze would have been like too much of like the handsome boy choice?
1: Maybe, but I think that Swayze is just a really good actor, and also, I mean, like, he was he already done The Outsiders by then, so he could be like a young gang member.
0: It could be a little grotier because yeah. you need to sell Tom Cody as this, you know, a soldier of fortune. Yeah, someone a little bit more like down, dirty, rough, yeah. and tumble.
1: Swayze might be too like weird word elegant a choice. I mean, like, I am surprised Swayze never did period pieces because he's like a dancer and he, yeah. he carries himself with a grace. Maybe like he would have been, he wouldn't have been like rough and tumble enough. I mean, they they wanted Tom Cruise, which I think would have been a very different movie.
0: It would have just given it like another like entry in the Tom Cruise catalog of action movies, and yeah. that's not what I would want this to be seen no. as. I mean, don't get me wrong, this movie's great like as it is. I enjoy it. Like like you had said, like this is a movie you just put on in the background while you're doing mm-hmm.
1: work. Yeah, like um. So listeners i'm a little embarrassed to say that while we were watching this whole movie i was doing work on my phone and i was just looking up and i'd seen it before we were we were defense. talking over it like, yeah and it's perfect you can enjoy it exactly in that quality mm-hmm. if you watch this movie of just like the volume off you'd still love this movie
0: yeah i, I i've it's seen pretty it
1: pretty and it's cool and it's kinetic
0: yeah it's not like you're gonna miss like big like scenes like there's mm-hmm. there are cool scenes the first confrontation between uh Tom Cody and Willem Dafoe is pretty yeah. cool. Not the dialogue. That's no. back and forth. Like, I'll be coming for her. And I'll be coming <laughs> for you too.
1: I'll be waiting.
0: I'll be waiting. And then get off on your yeah. fucking motorcycle. Let's do our way. best
1: Michael Pere impressions. It would just be like like so okay, you first. I'll be like like I'm Willem Defoe. It's like, hey, I'm gonna get you, Michael Paray.
0: I'll bet you are.
1: It's With that a, amount of pause, yeah. too, Just yeah. like <laughs> like his timing's weird. So like, okay, you you'll be on the phone. I'll be Michael like Pare. Okay. I'm coming for her, and I'll be coming for you too. My name's Tom Cody. Pleasure to meet ya. Yep. It's like,
2: um,
0: not enough.
1: How many takes? Did yeah. You get this not burn? enough
0: charisma. Not enough confidence. Yeah. Like what's the uh, in uh, the new Twenty One Jump Street movie? What was Did that? Did you see it?
1: Um, I think so. Yeah, Twenty Two Jump Street. So,
0: oh, the so, Twenty One, the first one.
1: Oh yeah, I saw that.
0: Yeah, so uh, when he's like uh, going for the acting class, like louder and more confidence mm-hmm. and better.
1: <laughs>
0: like, I just want to say that to you know Michael Perret, just like yeah, more.
1: I f- I feel like that maybe like. They were, there was a movie they were so fixated on getting the tone right and visually it's really exciting and I figure like I, I can only imagine Walter Hill like being on set like he has to watch There's, this movie has a lot happening the art direction's great imagine him being on set you know apparently they had to erect a massive bubble over the set area because that was the only way to get the right amount of night and shoot as much as possible mm-hmm. It's also apparently Diane Lane was still underage and she couldn't shoot into the night yes. I know a lot about this movie for some reason Yeah, but it's like they had, they had limitations, and they, like with time and shadow and lighting, so I'm sure that like, Walter Hill had a full plate. And I bet that like, on set, in the moment, takes of close-ups of Michael Perret, I bet he's like, nailed it! And then when he was in the editing bay, looking it over, I bet he was, was like, like, fuck. Oh, no. I printed all the worst possible takes of this guy saying his lines, and they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's not terrible, he's just not good.
0: I think if it would have been someone else playing Tom Cody, we would have gotten another like Indiana Jones style trilogy.
1: Yeah, I think we or we would have had like a like or an Alan Quartermain main movies.
0: Like what was it it was the planned trilogy was just like the adventures of Tom Cody. Pretty much yeah, essentially. Like, like Tom
1: like Cody's return, Cody in the Wasteland or something. Yeah, there
0: were a whole bunch of, of like that were gonna have him and I would have you know, even if they did another one with Michael Peret, I would've watched it just to uh, see where we're going. Like maybe maybe he's an actor who got better in the interim.
1: Yeah. I mean like this could be, this would be those movies that played like on Sunday mornings on like WB that, oh, they're playing the Tom Cody trilogy again. Cool. Yeah. It's something you can Like an AMC, PCR.
0: you know, 4th of July weekend.
1: Exactly. Just something kind of like shitty, but still fun. Ryan, so you like the movie. Do you love the movie?
0: I would say I love it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cool. I don't know. Like it's a, another one of those, like you gotta like almost dig to find it. Cause I didn't, yeah. I didn't hear about it until like this year.
1: It's had a resurgence, partly because of how did this get made?
0: Yeah, and uh, Shop Factory doing yeah. its like new like its reprint of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like I remember just like when we were like looking to start doing the show almost a year ago, like just you know trying to build my list. and I was like, ah, someday I'd love to do Warriors in the show mm-hmm. soon. And then it was like, Walter Hill, what else to do? I'm like Streets of Fire, click. Oh, we should Watch have done the a double
1: feature. Shit. Yeah. I was just thinking like, like we know that we know and love the Warriors. We should if we're doing the Warriors sometime we should do we should double feature that of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would be a good double feature of the Warriors. Besides this,
0: uh, Warriors double feature. I'd have to think about that.
1: Um, we could do something like The Wanderers, which is a interesting, not very great, but still curious adaptation of one of my favorite books, Richard Price's The Wanderers, which is a dark, semi semi realistic story about gang culture in New York with slightly heightened kind of like fifties like tone to it.
2: A lot it. of Dion. You can do it
0: with like other like, you know, misguided youth movie. can Probably yeah. do it with like a Green Street Hooligans. Maybe that'd could cool. have done it with um, a guy to recognizing your saints. Oh, it would have been that'd cool. would be like an artsier, true story version.
1: Or we go even grody, or we do something like Class of 1984. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Rock and Roll High School. There's a something. lot of pairings. We can do a lot. Listeners, message us on the Instagram at Sex and Violence Pod, or the same thing emails sexandviolencepod at gmail.com.
2: Yeah,
0: we'd love to hear from you and see what, if there's some other ones that we're not even thinking of.
1: Guys, say anything to us. We want say us to say anything. Send us a send letters. Us if you meters. want us to watch, say anything. Yes, i love say anything. Same. Cusack, man. Yeah, great so guy. It, yeah, Iona I Sky think did not effort. age well, though. No, I think she looks great. I don't know. Well, maybe like ten years ago, which I'm surprised I can say this, ten years ago when she guest appeared on Arrested Development, looked amazing. Really? Yeah. I don't know that was ten years ago, but she looked fucking beautiful. She reminded me of like, Elizabeth Shoe.
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: I still haven't seen Adventures in Babysitting. Me neither. Really? I thought you were saying you saw it the other day. No. No, you're, you're, you you're watched Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Day. Yes.
0: That's the one I I recommend for this show eventually because you have never seen it, yeah. right?
1: I love it. I love Elizabeth Shoe.
0: Yeah, Christina Applegate's in this one.
1: Yeah. Apparently, a very, very smart, well read, intelligent woman. Really? Yeah, and she just everyone was just kind of like on a set of Married of Children being like, She just plays this bimbo, which is actually like a really fiercely intelligent woman.
0: That's awesome. Which
1: is rad. Yeah. And shouldn't be a surprise. Men.
0: Yeah. I think just because she plays a whore on TV, she's one in real life.
1: No! She was Samantha Who. Actually, apparently she's much more like Veronica Corningstone. Really? Yeah. Cool. Which is pretty
0: great. That's the movie that really popped for her, you think? I think so. Anchorman?
1: Yeah, no, she was huge again for a little bit anyway. She's doing okay, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, because it took her like, what, I guess 13 years from... Don't tell mom the babysitter's so dead to that.
1: Yeah, I'm sure she still gets zids from uh from all Married of children. Oh yeah, you can only the imagine. Old, the old zids
0: it still plays at like four thirty in the morning. Yeah, like every day.
1: Um, Ryan, any other notes on Streets of Fire? We love this movie. I love this movie. I think yeah. this movie is so much fun. Sorry, I forgot to ask you that same it's question. It's fine. I asked, I asked it of myself. It's a, it's a fun movie that I really enjoy having on the background. I like every scene. It, yeah. I, I can't say that about many movies, even movies that I'm a big fan of. I don't love every scene. And I, like, I look up at... The, if I worked in a bar and this was the only movie that played, it was stuck in the VCR, and all we could ever do is play Streets of Fire on loop... I would happily look up at any scene and be happy.
2: Yeah,
0: that's a fair assessment of this movie.
1: It, it's it's a warm cup of tea with a shot of like vodka in it. You're like, it's. I would pick something else to put in and mix, but you know what? It's. I'm, it's I'm perfectly comforted. fine. It's warm. It's hot. It gets me tipsy. It's just very. It's a joyful movie.
0: That's actually a very nice way of putting it. It's a hot toddy with vodka. Like, yeah, it's like, uh, like this isn't the best, but you know Like, this
1: but, is you all you what? have you just have vodka? You know what? It's going to get me drunk and the tea is good. Yeah. That's all I need.
0: I'll, I'll work with this. Yeah, every every like you said, every little bit of his, of uh, this is enjoyable.
1: You know, let's do something amusing really quickly. Give me one second. I think this will be funny. Let's hope it'll be funny. Will it be funny? Uh-oh. Hello? Daniel, you're on speakerphone. We are currently recording Sex and Violence. We just watched Streets of Fire. Say hi to, say hi to Ryan. Ryan, go fuck yourself.
0: Fuck you, Danny.
1: Fuck you, Daniel fuck William. You. But, uh, Ryan, how did, you, how did you
0: like Streets of Fire? I love Streets of Fire. How do you feel about Streets of Fire? Streets of Fire is fucking amazing. Yes.
1: It is pure, yeah. pure I... joy. Daniel, if you could recast Tom Cody and Billy Fish... Get rid of Michael Perret and get rid of Rick Moranis. Who would you pick?
2: Uh, first off, I would not recast
1: Rick Moranis. You really like wow. him? I, I think he's fine. I just don't think he's the perfect pick. Uh, I
3: think it's jarring to
2: see him play that kind of character, but it's, it's so fucking weird that I love
1: it. Oh Also, listeners, if, you do, if this is your first episode, this is Daniel Reichel. He is my co-host on Slow Readers. We are co-founders of Top Gout Radio along with Ryan. So hi, Danny, you piece of shit hello. Uh, anyway but um, uh, Michael Paré is uh, is probably the one who needed to be recast not that he was bad yeah that's our, that's so our was, thoughts as well he's just not good he was, he's not actively bad
3: he, he's solid and he's just he just comes
1: off as weird um, <laughs> I don't know like he, he doesn't have like the presence that like uh that the leading man of that movie needed to be
2: like it needed to be like not exactly a, I don't know like a Ryan Gosling I guess but that would
1: be a modern,
0: a modern telling of this story. With oh, that would be
1: a fun, fun, fun quick challenge. Daniel, hold on a second. Ryan, we are remaking Streets of Fire. Gun to your head. And you know that you can't decline. You know that if anyone else made it, they'd do a worse job than you. You are the director of the modern reta- remake of Streets of Fire. Who was your cast?
0: Who was my cast? Yes. I'm stealing that Gauze pick. Gauze
1: is a perfect pick.
0: Uh, McCoy? Man, who's but, good? But isn't Gauze
1: too old, though? Maybe Gauze is too old by now. He maybe need someone younger. Zach Efron.
0: I was just about to say that, <laughs> motherfucker.
1: Okay, Efron might be funny. I think you, like you would have to skew it more comedy to be Efron. Okay. Um. What about our our McCoy?
0: Ooh, who's a who's a tough bitch these days?
1: Daniel, who's your McCoy? Oh Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> like a it, recasting for a remake? Uh... Anna Kendrick.
0: No, I think Anna Kendrick should be Ellen Aim.
1: Oh, she'd be a funnel. You know, I I would want more of like like a. I think Ellen Aim has to be slightly blander, and I think Amy, Anna Kendrick has too much fun, like like neurotic. Anna Kendrick is Billy Fish. Okay. No, that'd be ridiculous as well. Uh, maybe, Who would be a maybe, good okay, McCoy? I mean, like
3: a, a Diane Lane could also be uh,
2: like a Scott Pilgrim era Brie uh, Larson
1: or something like that. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. That could work. Very doable. Or you just get what's it called? You get them. Um, uh, Oh God! Who plays Kim in uh, in Scott Pilgrim?
0: She'd be a perfect McCoy.
1: She'd be McCoy. Done yeah. and done. Oh God! What's her name? Alison Pill.
0: So we're just taking yeah. all the all the Scott Pilgrim cast.
1: Yes, pretty much. And then Brie Larson. And um, that's about it. Who else do we need? Willem Dafoe. Who is our Willem Dafoe?
0: Ooh, Willem Dafoe.
1: Daniel, you go first. Channing
0: Tatum. Okay.
1: <laughs> Silence. <laughs> if you want someone like confusingly old, you put Tom Hiddleston. The, uh...
3: Like, the, and the great thing about Streets of Fire is that all the actors in that, I mean, I'm not too sure about William Dafoe, but they're all, like,
1: age-appropriate. Like, they yeah. are the perfect ages. I bet William Dafoe was, like, 22 when he made it. He had to have been pretty young. He was 84, after yeah, they, all. Yeah, they are, like,
0: that all, like, late teens, early 20s kind of thing. Like, I don't think, yeah. like, aside from maybe McCoy and Rick Moranis, everyone else is, like, under, like, 25, 26.
1: Yeah. Hmm
3: pretty
1: much yeah and like i don't know how old like michael perry was but he must have been like earlier i
3: bet he was in his like mid-20s and
1: diane lane was like legitimately 18 yeah oh she's so fucking cute in this movie all right so that was fun daniel we're gonna hang up on you now okay hey ryan go fuck yourself fuck you danny fuck you danny that was fun. All right. So that's about our thoughts on Streets of Fire. We'll be back a far next segment. Hank tight. You'll hear Danny's voice all over again in two seconds.
2: All right.
0: Cool. Okay. See you in a minute.
1: Bye.
3: Hey, everybody. My name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant Radio show. Do you like movies? Good. I like movies, too. But the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good. Because in slow readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you
1: like reading? hate it. I've always hated it.
3: Every episode covers a different book, such as Animal Farm. Um, I was also making ties with another empire. Uh Uh-oh. The Sith. Because, yep, uh, basically uh, the Emperor Palpatine was
1: Napoleon. (laughs) Blackwater. Oh my god, this, this book is so painful. Yeah. I had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I know what, I know what that's like, and surely... Our... You were in
1: a car that landed in black water?
3: Yeah, I, dude, I know. I fucking killed a You one
1: fought? My uh... <laughs> you, oh, okay. Never mind. Um Wrong side.
3: Do you not like reading books? Well, that's also okay, because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes. Join me, your host, Daniel. She's like a pretty intelligent kid. Cause like, her reaction to that is like, You never read The Giver? You work in a bookstore! And, and I, and I was like really close to just snapping her, like, just going like, Listen, girl, I read a lot of
1: other books, okay?
3: <laughs> and my co-host, Gabriel Mara, who co-hosts Sex and Violence. You love that guy, right?
1: On-air challenge, Slow Readers Exclusive! Slow Readers Exclusive! Can Gabe fit gone Girl possess. <laughs>
3: Then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? Let's hear it. No. But our one (laughs) run-in with the
1: police... I took a breath to start. I'm like, no. (laughs) No, no, not going that way. We're not a political podcast.
3: Nope. Uh we're just we're just milk chugging right wingers though. <laughs> milk chugging. And books. Into the water. Pledged Parallel to Arms and Magicians. Wise Plum Ethan from An Object of Beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying Sex and Violence, the hot ass top gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff. And then when you're done with that, go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck the throat area and then go ahead and give Slow Readers a spin. Go search iTunes and search up the name Slow Readers. Check us out. Slow Readers comes out every Monday. You can also check us out on Twitter at Top Gallant Radio.
0: Hi, it's me, Ryan Snyder from Sex and Violence you guys do me a favor head over to itunes give us a five-star review if you can prove that you wrote that review you can bring that into the bookstore speakeasy and get a free drink or if you got any questions drop us a line sex at gmail.com sex and violence at gmail.com and that's the word and a and d and and thanks for listening guys appreciate it top gallant radio fuck you danny
1: Hello again everyone, welcome back to Sex and Violence. Thank you for that ad, both Daniel and Ryan doing a things. I'm still Gabriel and I'm still Ryan. Hi Ryan. Hi Gabe. What's happening? I'm scratching my back. Oh we're. Yeah. I think we know what that sound means. Yep. It's time for another installment of Let's Be Frank. Let's be frank (laughs) theme song. Um (laughs) Let's Be Frank. Let's be frank. Let's be frank.
0: Let's be frank. Perfect. Let's be frank. Let's watch The Punisher. That's all I got.
1: Sounds good. Cool. Cool. Back in. So, Ryan, um, I watched, kind of, apparently, <laughs> episode four, Resupply. I also, I, I watched it, like, while eating. I guess got back in from New York City last night. Mm-hmm. I had a full, fun weekend. I went to see the drunk Shakespeare show. How was that? It was fucking great. Also, I got really cheap tickets. Like, there was, like, like, a supply thing. It was $30. It was a small, beautiful theater. It was, like, it was basically a library, and they happened to perform in the middle of the library. Do you watch
0: them do the shots? Yes. Really? What was the What was the drink of choice?
1: Um, I believe they were tequila shots. Oh, my God. And then, but also, they keep on, like, they, ha- they got a king and queen for the show. Like, if you pay, like, extra money, you got, like, a bottle of champagne. You can influence the show. You can ring a bell and make them, like, do more shots.
0: Oh, God. And
1: to make it even better, like, just to prove their chops... Like, there's only one guy who gets hammered. Great, great act. He was great. And, like, uh, like, the challenge was, okay, you have to do a real Shakespearean monologue. And so this goofy dude, apparently he's from the area because he kept on making references to birds mm-hmm. and also waba and sheets. So, fun, mm-hmm. PA boy. I think he's was Witt Stansfield. That was his name, I think. Anyway, so he's just, like, this goofy dude. And he's like, oh, I have to do a real one? All right. Oh, yeah, also, another wonderful reference to Dear, Dear Skipper, to Neil Heimsoff. He kept on insisting that the monologue he wanted to do was the Bill Pullman speech from Independence Day.
2: <laughs> and they
1: ended the show by doing the Bill Pullman speech from That's awesome. Day, so that was great. So he uh, did a shot, and then he's like, all right, guys, name a random Shakespeare play. And he does one, an obscure one from Titus Andronicus, and this big, lovable goofball does this really amazing, fucking brutal, vitriolic monologue about getting revenge and turning someone's bones into dust. And then, like, he, would, he was great. And they were all great. And then they did a, they did Macbeth and Fast Forward, basically. With a lot of really silly shit. They okay. Were, and apparently they all crushed the entire case of Natty Ice before the show. Oh. So, um, listeners, if you're in the New York area, um, apparently go to, like, feverevents.com or something, and you can get a $30 ticket for drunk Shakespeare. It was one of the best live shows I've ever seen. Cool. Like, point blank. They were amazing.
0: Where do you land on people thinking that some of Shakespeare's plays were not written by him?
1: Um... I guess it's possible. But then again, everyone borrows from everybody. And I think that's probably ridiculous. I don't think that, that can not be entirely the case. I mean, I'm pretty sure that he at the very least wrote the vast majority of them. And then he probably did a whole bunch of ripping off, and people just did a bunch of like edits to them that he weren't expecting. Hmm. I mean, apparently there weren't full... like There was a version of Romeo and Juliet for generations where it had a happy ending. and Then only within the last, like, hundred years where people like... That's not how it actually ends, and they revise the text using old, actual works for it. Oh. I'm actually a big Shakespeare fan, listeners, believe it or not.
0: I don't know shit about Shakespeare.
1: Oh, they're cool. Honestly, if you ever want to, like, amuse yourself by just by playing with words, just just keep uh, a Shakespeare monologue, like, in your back pocket. People are always, like, floored when you can do it. Yeah, I, I, I do the whole Alas, poor Yorick thing. It just amuses me.
0: You do love Why the Last Man.
1: I do. So, that's always a fun thing. What's but it was that? a great show.
0: What are the their two names from? Yorick is from
1: Yorick is from uh is from Hamlet, obviously. And hero. and hero is from Much Ado About Nothing, I believe. Hmm. I'm pretty sure Hold on.
0: I don't know. Like I, I never had Siri Shakespeare.
1: which Shakespeare play is the character hero Wow. She called. Siri, which Shakespeare play is the character hero in? I don't have that information You in son there. of a bitch.
0: I swear these things are useless. I right know
1: the fucking but I saw the show. I can't... I got in late last night and I was just like eating a sandwich and watching uh, um the show, watching uh, Shakespeare, watching the fucking Punisher. Yes. Yeah, she's in much ado about nothing. Okay, very good. I watched it intensely and then I had to do a whole bunch of emails. So apparently I stopped paying attention halfway through mm. and he just told me all about Habs in this episode. But I was enjoying it, because I'm really liking the whole PTSD angle.
0: Yeah, I've heard that that character gets played up a little bit more, so I'm excited to see what happens with that kid. Yeah. Um, Really interesting, like, subplot. I
2: don't
1: know. I continue to be impressed by the show. I really like that pilot. That pilot works, like, the whole show on minimum. And you see, like... I, I love that this is a whole new interpretation of the Punisher, and it's really taking its time to have him deal with modern implications of war and like it's a lot about care for soldiers which is really really cool i mean like there's so not enough like uh attention paid to our poor veterans who are just know our poor people so i'm excited to see where this goes you see that frank is capable of compassion but then he's also just such a wounded person yeah so i i don't know where it's going Uh, with wilson is that his name that's the name of the uh the the ptsd recruit i think so yeah Yeah, i forget his name because it's
0: been a couple weeks since i've Touched on, on yeah. sure, because I've been waiting for your ass.
1: Yeah, I'm back. I'm on it. All right. And uh, I, I'm excited to see where that goes. And like I think... Yeah, I'm, I I I'm have, curious
0: to see where that intersection with Frank yeah. is going to come in. I form. have
1: no idea where it's going to go, and I could see that either that's going to be a redemption story, or it's going to be a story of how like Frank fails a person, and how like our government and our people have failed our soldiers. Yeah. I, I have no idea where it's going to go, and I'm excited to find out. Cool. So good I'm, stuff, Steve Lightfoot. I'm very impressed.
0: I like the show so I'm only one episode ahead of you, and it's still fun. I like Bernthal's interpretation, and I like Bernthal as a uh, as a person.
1: Yeah, I just liked, like Johnny Burnthal.
0: <clears throat> I guess there were some like comments you know he was making like about um, like about the show itself, and mm-hmm. they asked him like how do you feel about like the uh, you know the alt right neo Nazis who are part of, like really digging the Punisher in your show, and all he said was fuck them.
1: Yeah. I was like, Johnny B. Oh, like
0: it's so sad that like saying fuck you to Nazis can endear How someone is that, these yeah. days.
1: How is that like a controversial t- like 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 point of view these days?
0: Not a political podcast.
1: No. Nope. Yeah. Um if you're a if you're a Nazi, have some, uh, any sympathy towards Nazis? Fuck off and die.
0: Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, um, fuck you. That's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, I don't care about you. I mean, like, if you have Nazi sympathies, we... you probably want me and my family dead. So therefore. I have no empathy or sympathy for you.
0: I think we established our feeling on Nazis with the very first episode of this show.
1: Mm, that's true. Mm. Remember our very first episode, Ryan? <clears throat> yeah, it was a little wonky. Yeah, um, I think that we, you and I had had no groove and recording yet. And now yeah. here we are. Now here we are. Finishing each other's sandwiches.
0: Yes. Mm. Mm, delicious.
1: Fun times. Good now, coffee. Now I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm starving. All I like, I started my, my diet again. I want to be nice and sexy for California. And... Um, like so, I, I finally got my professional headshots done because apparently you need one for for California to bartend. Like yeah, listen, I'm not an actor. I'm not a performer. It's not really my thing. I don't yeah. really want to be doing it. And I think you know, it's just kind of like how everyone dislikes their own voice. I mean, like you have a you have a wonderfully deep voice, Ryan. So yes. I doubt you do. But you see pictures of yourself done with a really good camera, and I'm like, oh. I look beat up as fuck.
0: Yeah, you get the eye bags in there. Yeah, everybody. the
1: eye bags, every little blemish. And I'm just kind of like, oh, this is not the photographer's fault. He actually did too good a job where I just look like... I'm sure I'm seeing my own flaws for much worse That's probably all it is. So I just think I'm looking forward to getting my diet back in order, drinking more water, getting some sun, and hopefully I will... Like, I look like... like a, a, a genuine 30-year-old right now. Maybe a little older, because I'm, I'm aging rapidly. Nah, you don't look 30. I used to look like I was 22 all the time.
0: Yeah, you look older than 22, but you don't look quite 30. Damn
1: it. All right, I'll get around it. Yeah. Ryan, that about wraps up Let's Be Frank. I'm excited for the next episode.
0: Yeah, I don't really have too much to say on it, like other than like I like the uh, the chase sequence at the end of this episode, and then uh, proving once again that Frank's not a bad guy. Yeah. He gets pissed at Micro for hurting the cop, yeah. and saves her life um and then just says like stay out of my way
1: i wonder what's gonna go on with madani I, like she's <laughs> she hasn't proven to be a truly interesting character to me yet so i wonder where that's gonna go i think if anything is wrong with the show so far it's that it cuts to madani and i was kind of like i don't know who you are and i don't really care yet
0: yeah it's not enough um interesting things for yeah
1: uh, no we'll see if the, i mean she has no basis in the comics either right I don't remember a character of that i don't think so so we'll see where that goes yeah. i don't know i mean i imagine like my prediction is she becomes ally to frank and then stuff happens Probably. yeah she's gonna be kind of like a <clears throat> like um uh night nurse slash. okay yeah where it's um, like deborah yeah. ann wall yeah like man we need jessica jones back
0: yeah that should be back soon i think right yeah
1: i think so and that was another happy thing that i think in the dirty dancing episode is when i bring up veronica Mars again. And the professor happily texted me, oh, "You see to me the victory of Jessica Jones is better than Veronica Mars." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I never told you that in person. I said it in the podcast Oops. though. So hey, there you go."
0: Enjoy she, that win.
1: She, yeah, she gets that win. i be excited for some more JJ.
0: Yeah, it's. I'm. I'll watch it. I liked. I very much like the first. I wonder season. If what's
1: next. I mean, like, I think that like Tennant comes back just for like flashbacky stuff.
0: Yeah, to be, I've like, heard these the her back.
1: Yeah. But I wonder, like, I mean. Th- Jessica Jones didn't really have, like, that's the problem I felt with the season one. You dropped the big bad in season one of this character. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, I hope, like, I think that, if anything, that first season lacked imagination. So, are they going to come up with a better villain than, than Bendis came up with? Because Bendis' interpretation of the Purple Man was always a massive highlight of the yeah. So, I don't trust this showrunner to come up with a better villain than Tenet.
0: I just want to see Jessica Jones and Luke Cage fuck.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. See, and not for any like weird like, I, the fucking I want to see your fucking tits. No, like I, <laughs> like I I like I want to see that relationship from the comics on the screen and yeah. like I, I want it. I like to I want see it. some
1: growth to it. I I really don't think anyone else wrote Jessica Jones better than Bendis. So we'll see where like you know I think that all future writers kind of like tamp down on what made alias and jessica jones great they just turned her into a wife and mother which was n- so much less what jessica jones is
0: i want i want them to be a power couple
1: yeah i feel like you i like I, I started reading the comic there was a recent uh, pressing of um there's a new series of power fist and iron F- power man and iron fist and yes. i'm like even then i'm like here guys you have the rich rich deep vein that is the brilliance of the character of jessica jones and you're still just making her kind of, like, sidelined. You could have an entire comic of the threesome, not literally, of Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Jessica Jones all bouncing off each other because Jessica Jones doesn't really care for Danny Rand. Yeah. She thinks she's kind of a bad influence on Luke Cage, which is totally true. Yeah. Which, again, like, I haven't finished Iron Fist, but Flower Night guy, you're not, I don't think... I, I don't know. I still dug it. I don't care.
2: I'll, I'll get it. I, I
0: think I like Luke Cage best, though, out of I, all the series. That's, I agree.
1: That's... It's the best one. It's the one with the clearest vision and most style.
0: Yeah, and I I, I do appreciate the social commentary in it as well. I thought mm-hmm. that was, like, it, there's a way that you can do that where it seems, like, gross and forced in, Yeah. and this is very, like, natural and, like, commentary on where we are as a society.
1: And it just kicked which, ass.
0: Yeah, and, like, there were just really cool moments, like, my... I think my favorite moment from the series is Luke Cage taking the door, putting in his like earbuds and listening to Wu Tang Clan and yeah. beating the shit out of those dudes. Yeah, like what a fucking cool scene! Like
1: it's a really like really. I think about that <laughs> opening credits and every time the opening credits like excites me. Mm-hmm. Like every episode was so fucking good. Man, what a great show Luke Cage was.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of the most um, diverse cast shows, I guess you can say. Yeah. But like, I was. I, like, I'm a fucking, like, straight white dude, what the fuck, mm-hmm. like, I have everything. Like, every movie is me. Yep. So to, like, see a different, like, a uh, a different group of people's culture, rep- cult, uh, culture represented on screen was refreshing to me because I'm not just seeing a bunch of like white dudes run around now I'm actually seeing like a black superhero in Harlem like yeah. dealing with like what that is like in that community and seeing the rise and fall of people from said community mm-hmm. so I appreciated it on that level and I think that's why I liked it so much because it was so fresh and different than what I was used to
1: It was very empathetic storytelling if it if a show like that can put you straight white male in the perspective of what it must be like to be a scared and like, assaulted from all sides, like, black American male, that's fucking amazing storytelling. Yeah. That's, they, they knocked it out of the park.
0: Yeah, I can't ever say, like, I understand it, but, like, now that I'm, like, viewing it, I'm like, okay, this is the, this is the world we live in.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, very well done. I love Luke Cage.
1: All right, and let's wrap up. Let's be frank.
0: Oh, yeah, we're done with that.
1: Um, Ryan, uh. We're running a little long. Okay. Um, let's see. I'll
0: do a couple things that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, did you see
1: anything this fun this week or what's on your mind, Ryan?
0: Uh, what's on my mind? I was, um, I watched Casino yesterday because it was on TV and I just was watching it and I was just trying to, like, question in my mind, you know, of, like, Scorsese's, like, one good movie, a decade kind Mm. of thing. And this was, like, the follow-up to, um, Goodfellas. And I don't feel as though Casino is one of his strongest efforts. It runs a little bit long, and it's almost like Goodfellas too, but not in a good way. Yeah, so that was it's my a little bloated. Um, So I'm waiting to see what the next great uh, Scorsese movie is. I know you like Silence, is it, right?
1: Silence is great.
2: Yeah,
0: I like him when he's doing crime movies more. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, movie news I want to get out of the way. One of my favorite 1980s movies that I had mentioned on Slow Readers to Danny, Critters, uh-huh. is getting a TV series. Really? With the uh, like original creators serving as like executive producers. Is Critters so,
1: the one of Kevin Bacon or is that Tremors? That's Tremors. Oh, okay, my bad.
0: Critters is like a nineteen eighties creature feature that went into production well before Gremlins did, but didn't come out until like I think eighty six. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's a little yeah, like uh-huh. it didn't get the credit it was anyone in it, it? deserved. Uh, uh, the guy who voices um, Steve on uh, American Dad. <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> I for- Deep cut.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he plays the title character, Bradley Brown, and then um, there's this really great. Uh, you will probably know the guy. So uh, I'm gonna look him up. He's a, uh, a like a well-known like New York stage actor. Oh. Uh, I just forget his name.
1: Let's find out. Yeah. Uh, Let's uh, find out who this guy in the movie's about.
0: Yep. Cast. Right here. I've always oh, known. Oh, uh, Terrence Mann.
1: Oh. I know Terrence Mann. Yeah, Terrence Mann turns, man. plays
0: um, one of the uh, outer space bounty hunters, and <laughs> um, so what they do in the mo- like in the movie is like they're like faceless, and okay. then they um, they essentially like like get the culture like TV through into their spaceship, okay. and he'll they'll transform into like whatever like they think is gonna be like best. Sure. And he sees a music video uh, okay. by this uh, guy Johnny Steele, who's like an '80s rocker, and he transforms into him. It's All really, right. it's it's very hard to, to explain, but it's got one of my favorite uh, openings of uh, 1980s horror movies. And I'm in. It's really great because they, they do this thing where, like, the the critters are known as krites, and they're in these, like, cages because they, like, keep, like, killing and eating. And they're like, hey, you know, we had ten krites, but now we only have, you know, six because they were ke- uh, eating everything in sight. We had to kill a few of them. So they escape, steal a spaceship, and then the best fucking opening line from, like, the warden of this thing is just, like, uh-huh. press a button and just reel charismatically, get me the bounty hunters. <laughs> and the music swells a little bit and they come in. I oh, fucking love it.
1: Sweet. Um, I will check that out when it comes and
0: out. W. Emmett Walsh. W. Emmett that, Walsh. That's the one that Danny and I were talking love about. Love that the guy.
1: Connection. Big, great dude, W. Emmett Walsh.
0: Yep. Maybe, so. maybe,
1: maybe not so great a dude in Blade Runner. But, great dude.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, The Boys is also getting a TV show, but that was from a couple weeks ago and I never brought oh, it up. Oh,
1: was that finally happening?
0: <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh, with um, Seth Rogen, I guess, is, again, oh, he is? bringing it through. Okay. I think it's going to, maybe, Amazon?
1: Um, you like Preacher, right? The TV show? Yeah. Not really. No?
0: Um,
1: Do you feel like The Boys is in safe hands, or are you kind of worried?
0: I'm a little worried, because, like... Preacher is one of my favorite pieces of literature, mm-hmm. and I, like, this is the thing about, like, when you see adaptations, is when you love something this much, someone, the people who are making it either are big fans, too, or it's just a buck. Yeah. And Seth Rogen, admittedly, is a big fan of it, but, like, I don't think he gets it.
1: Yeah, I don't, like you I, don't. I, I, this I don't isn't trust a, him to interpret that.
0: Yeah, this isn't something to be interpreted. Like, when they were going to do it for HBO, mm-hmm. I forget who was going to do it, but he brought in, like, single issues and laid them down on the desk and was like, each issue is an hour. Mm. And that's how I wanted that show to be produced. I can see that. Because, like, it's a... Like, it's... The linear story is right there in front of you. It's so yeah. fucking easy to do. Yeah,
1: I, I heard that they expand. And I'm like, why did you bother? Why did you need to expand there's, it? Isn't there's there no there reason not already so much? It's already, like, too much content as it is, I think. And then they go into the backstory of Jesse and everything. Like, why do you need to do this? And they
0: fuck up the backstory, too. Like, his mm. dad is, like, a preacher. And, like, instead of his dad being, like, a fucking Marine, like which would inform the character more than, like, a preacher, and apparently yeah. he's got, like, Jesse's got tattoos implying to be some, like, part of some secret badass sect of, like, fighters. Like,
1: ah.
0: Jesse is a preacher. Just, l- he's got the word of God. Let the story go. Like, each issue could be a fucking episode of the yeah. <sighs> I was really but excited back, back bucks when,
1: what's-his-fucking-face, when, uh, uh, Adam McKay was on The Boys. Yeah. That would have been, I would have loved that Interpret I'm sure that would have been I had heard a rumor else. that
0: Will Farrell would have been Monkey.
1: That would've been cool. Yeah, I would've enjoyed that.
0: But yeah, now that they've got it and it's going to like, I th- I'm pretty sure it's Amazon. I'm just a little worried about it. Like,
1: yeah, that makes me like, I, you know, I have, I think the boys is problematic, but I have a lot, a lot of fondness for the boys. I think it's, it's still a, a, it's a story that. Really emotionally affected me. I think it's a great, great story. Same. But there's a lot of like icky stuff in it, like like needlessly icky stuff in it. Yeah. But that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed
0: to be over the top. Yeah. Yeah, That he told you, like when he did it, he's like, "I'm gonna out preacher preacher." But like,
1: it's it's not like Millar overdoing something. Like like, no, where it's just shock value. Yeah, Kick-Ass Two is one of the most unpleasant things I've ever read in my life, and I'm like. Mark,
0: I think everything Fucking, that come on, Ennis man. does that's even gross kind of does serve the story. Yeah, there's, like there's there is
1: much more poetry to what he does. Like you're
0: reading it and you're like this is fucked up. But yeah. like I had the same reaction you did. Like I had a very emotional reaction to it. I remember reading the last issue yeah. and the last page is just like a, a the repeated mm-hmm. line of dialogue between Huey and Annie yeah. and it's a big splash with them finally getting yeah. their happy ending, have, like, and it just, just says I found you. Right like, I love it.
1: Like when when when, when Annie and Huey <laughs> break up and like they have oh, that it's whole scene, so like ugly. it really, it, it, like I rem, I still have that. Clearly, those pages are in my brain. It gives me chills thinking about them because they're so well And again, done. that
0: that line is repeated, and I love the way, like, very. There's only a few times in the book that you get mm. the um, uh, the omniscient like narration. Yeah. And that's one of the times where she's on the ground, like on her knees, like screaming, yeah. crying. Uh, it says, uh, "You found me," and then the uh, word bubble is, and the words came out like a lament. Yeah. Oh.
1: He's a great, he's a much much better writer than Mark Millar.
0: Oh, he's fucking amazing. He's a
1: great writer, and I feel like like you know it takes a very talented writer to depict naked emotion well. Mm-hmm. I think that most, uh, nearly like a bad writer makes it seem embarrassing, and like really those like physically affect me. So I'm worried about this Amazon thing in uh, Seth Rogen's hands.
0: Yeah, it's just like I, there's like moments. I don't
1: trust Seth Rogen to do that scene.
0: No. He's going to fuck it up. He's going to play it for laughs. And, like, that's not what you do. Like, Mm. it's just going to be, like, him screaming at, like, he's going to, whoever plays Huey, like, being an asshole about his, you know, being sexually fucking immature.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, she did a thing and you're yelling at her for it. She obviously hates what she did, too. Yeah. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah. But, like, there's, uh, like, other moments that, like, I'm so worried about. Like, do you remember, um, right before that, Mm -hmm. before all that happens, um... Huey gets sent to go with this, like, special uh, ed group of superheroes, Super so. Duper. And so. they send this asshole from, like, one of the bigger teams there as punishment. Mm-hmm. So, and the Malchemical. Okay. And he uh, he's just a being a call. prick. Mm-hmm. Huey infiltrates, like, pretending to be, like, a good Samaritan. And, you know, Malchemical is, like, attempting to, like, rape two of the girls in the group. And Huey comes in and just, like says like no one's raping anybody and he has the, like i'm gonna fucking choke up saying it because like
1: <laughs>
0: he's got this great moment where he knows he has like zero chance of like you know winning this fight yeah but he's going to do it anyway because that's who huey is mm-hmm. huey is not a character who changes this is like he will not do needless violence on people but he will protect the innocent yeah and while he's getting Especially the shit kicked out of him yeah Billy Butcher comes in and saves him and he, with the fucking easiest way, like, ah, oh, I'm a gas, I'm a gas. Cause Malcolm, can mm-hmm. uh, change, um, physical properties he's, physical he's form, metamorpho, yeah. and he lights a lighter and just that's how he kills him. And mm-hmm. while Huey's still laying on the ground, he's trying to protect these kids from Butcher.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, and I don't, again, these are moments I can't trust because they're, it's very they're emotional. Very
1: complicated. And like, I. I... We, we, I'm always you, you know how much I absolutely despise like rape and sexual assault as a storytelling device. Mm-hmm. But I think like if anyone does it in a way that almost makes it understandable as part of the comic and does it, I still find it, it it's part of the point of the story, which is still unpleasant, but he doesn't make it like needlessly grotesque
0: yeah it's again it services the story and I don't trust Seth Rogen to like no. not make light of those very serious yeah, these character ones, moments it's,
1: it, those moments are not funny they are genuinely upsetting which st- I, I always have to like like put my toe on the brake when that comes to that kind of thing mm-hmm. but he makes some work in his own way
0: yeah like I, I, I just hope like he's not taking like going to blow up the funny moments and tone down the emotional yeah. part of it because that's what I saw with Preach the TV show like the sweet character moments I wanted were kind of just not there. And, like, if you want to move around, like, things in the plot, fine. But, like, it's so drastic, like, the way they've moved shit around. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm always open to something being good. And yeah. If it's not good, then uh, turns out I was right. And that's a shame. Yep. It, so. it, it only pains me when I'm right about something being bad. I don't want it to be bad. I want everything to be great. Yeah.
0: I want to have good art to consume. Yeah,
1: All right. For you. So, Ryan. Oh, I really... I, I didn't see anything. Like, I've just been working. I tried to go to the movies a bunch of times in New York. Every time sold out. I guess it's since a holiday weekend. Mm. I, like, all the people were out. I meant to go see I, Tanya, And I meant to go see... Uh, Call Me By Your Name.
0: Is that Tony out and wide now? Yeah, it's playing at oh, a local cool. theater.
1: I might try and see it tonight. Cool. So I'm excited to see that. It just looks like figure skating Goodfellas. Yeah. That sounds great. That's what
0: I've heard. Like, Well, that's in the like trailer for it. It's yeah. like the like, good fellows. Yeah, Robbie of looks amazing in it.
1: Yeah. I feel like she, does, she doesn't get a chance to flex her acting muscles enough, and she's great. She's No, I think after,
0: after uh, Wolf of Wall Street, everyone's like, hey, the sexy blonde who went full frontal. Yeah. Let's get her for Harley Quinn and put her in short shorts.
1: And she almost did a good job as Harley Quinn. She was alright. Yeah, she almost did a good job.
0: She looks the part, but She's like, smart. I don't know, I didn't get the crazy.
1: Yeah, I felt like, uh, I mean, I blame David Ayer for that. Yep. Like, like as director, it's your job to make sure that her her accent stays consistent. David. Anyway. David. So, um, what are we doing next week, Ryan? I don't know. Is it me? What are we doing? Uh, we, I don't think we have a plan.
0: We don't have a plan. Should we, we, should we plan. leave it mystery?
1: I should leave it a mystery. Let's It'll leave be it fun a mystery. that way. I'm sure I I'd like to find like get some more guests maybe because you know my 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 weeks here are limited they're they're dwindling yeah. quickly, so um we'll we'll look back We're, in our old notes see if there's anything we've meant to do
0: and again we are still off format for yes. for a little while
1: yes um right we'll wanna, get back to it I promise you want to plug one more time Taylor and the poster Tyler Tyler sorry yes Tyler.
0: uh so our good friend uh Tyler Martis a friend of the show uh is looking to design a Warriors poster for us and come on as guest for that Yay. episode and give away said poster.
1: We should have him pick um, a Warriors double feature. That way it's also not a problem.
0: Yeah, cool. I'm down with that. Yeah. Um, so we're still trying to like drum up interest to see if you guys would be in for kind of doing a nice like lottery drawing for said custom warriors Mm -hmm. poster that you will be the only one who has this a
1: custom warriors poster guys
0: custom we are
1: giving this to you all you have to do is write into us
0: this guy is really extremely talented did you link in the uh the scott pilgrim
1: Uh, i just started following him on instagram so i'm just gonna like link him to it
0: okay cool yeah link uh link over so you can see kind of the artwork that he's up to he's extremely talented so again free warriors poster Send an email to, yeah,
1: to sexandviolencepod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at sexandviolencepod. That's the word and send us a message. We'd yeah. love to hear from you. I just Tell w- us we're wrong.
0: Yeah, or like say, like, I'll actually, for the next like couple of weeks, just send a yes. That's all I need yeah. is YES. Yes. So I know how many people are thinking about this because mm-hmm. I want to pick one of you lovely, loyal listeners yes. and give you a cool custom. Warriors poster
1: yeah. I know you're out there the numbers don't lie we do have a, we have a, a nice sum of bodies who listen to the show so guys please yeah. we, want, we want to give back to you
0: yeah and if we let I, us I, love you I want to give out like t-shirts yeah. this poster Mm-hmm. and maybe some some, some bumper stickers? <laughs>
1: sure. We'll find something. <laughs> that um, I
0: just want to give shit away. Yeah, to guys like like show like, my appreciation for listening to our tirades.
1: Again, also, I'm, I'm moving away. I need to give away some of my shit. So I'm sure, like, I'll also take a picture of my DVD collection. I don't collect DVDs anymore. So if you just want to amuse yourself with something, I have, I have a wall of VHS tapes. We'll sign some shit. We'll have some fun stuff for you. That'll be good. Yeah. Some fun stuff for you.
0: Some fun stuff.
1: Some fun stuff. All right, Um, Ryan. Any other plug-in
0: for you? Uh, well, they already heard what the email is. Uh, You can find me on the Instagram at Tango Like Cash, Mm. uh, featuring pictures of cocktails, and that's mostly it. I'm gonna jump back on that train. Yeah, your your cat sometimes. Yeah, sometimes the cat. I just uh, applied for this bartender camp, and they were asking for all my like social media stuff. Which one is this one? Camp Runamuck.
1: I also need to apply for that.
0: So I'm. Yeah, I gotta. I gotta start taking more pictures. Yeah, Nashville or Memphis? Oh, it's um. Kentucky.
1: Kentucky. Where was it in Tennessee? Yeah, I'll
0: send you all the stuff to to link over yeah. to it. So it's Kentucky and apparently like it's just madness. It's so okay. I got to start taking more pictures of my cocktails so they can like see. Good point. Yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, that's about it for me. Tangle the cash on Instagram and you can find you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on the internet at gmara number four serious on Twitter and Tumblr. You can also find me on the Instagram at baby Mara five A's the end of it. I'm still trying to find a new name for my own personal Instagram, considering that all my pictures are only ever my chihuahua and books since I, do, I basically also run the Slow Readers Instagram off of my own name. Mm-hmm. So I got to find a nice name for it. Also, it's a lot of, a lot of pictures of the of the professor, which, you know, you know she's, she's pretty great. Pretty cute. She's pretty, she's pretty cute. Um, we can also uh, just listen to the other top-count radio shows. We are going to be relaunching Only Lovers Left in the Library soon. Again, apologies for those who like that show. We've been off-air for a month and a half now. Oh, but keep in mind that the other head of the show, Christina, who was producing the show on her end, she's in Puerto Rico, where... You may have heard a storm came through, so she barely has internet. Jeez. Actually, she barely has electricity. she doing all right? She's doing fine. She's just bored. Oh. She's bored and she doesn't have electricity and she doesn't have like that much running water. Oh. So apologies for that, guys. We're trying to hustle that out. But um, Tosh and Christina are trying to crunch out as many intros and episodes out for me so I can start putting that back on the air. Or well, it'll be weekly soon. So subscribe to Only Lovers Left in the Library. I'll put a big relaunch on that soon. Listen to Slow Readers, the other top count radio show, where Daniel Reichel and I discuss literature and nothing. It's a good time. Yeah. It's so fun. follow us on Stitcher and iTunes. Write us reviews. Send us messages. We want to hear from you. We'd love five to hear from you. stars. Five stars. Ryan and Gabe should sing duets. Yes. Just off the right.
0: Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It'd be cool. iTunes, please leave it five stars.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's the show. Um, We'll see you
0: next
2: week with a mystery, mystery movie. Sex bye guys. Bye, bye.
3: This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Reichel and Gabriel Mara. For more podcasting content, go to topcountradio.com.